Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kid Kong at the Movies. I am once again your host, the one and only Kid Kong. It's been a little while since I've had a chance to record an episode, and I'm going to explain that a little later, like towards the end. Um, I'm trying to be a little quieter because my daughter is currently asleep and the room I record in is right across the hallway from hers. And I'm also getting over being sick. So, my voice is not quite what it normally is, but that's why I'm going to be speaking a little closer to the microphone and a little bit more clearly if I can. <clears throat> Today, we're going to be talking about the 1995 film Mallrats. Now, I know I promised Life of Pi on my last episode. I still am doing that. I'm just going to record that one this coming weekend instead. So we're going to be talking about Mallrats today. It was directed and written by Kevin Smith. When it comes to writing and directing, he's done Clerks, Clerks 2, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back, Jersey Girl, Tusk, Yoga Hosers, pretty much anything that has taken place in the View Askew universe, which I will explain a little bit later. When it comes to just his writing credits, however, in addition to writing some graphic novels and for comics and things like that, he has written for films like Coyote Ugly, Live Free or Die Hard, and Fanboys. Now, it is important to note that uh, he literally only wrote his own scenes in those films. Everything else was dropped, or in his words, the only thing that made it was what he did. So, uh, it was produced by Sean Daniel. And James Jacks. You know, James Jacks passed in 2014, but the two of them have done a lot of the same films, including Pure Luck, Dazed and Confused, Tombstone, uh, Michael, the Mummy series, including the awful Tom Cruise Mummy movie that came out in 2017. But it was also produced by Scott Moser, who is not only a frequent collaborator with Kevin Smith, but was his childhood best friend. Now, Scott Moser has also produced films like Goodwill Hunting, the 2018 Grinch movie, and he also provided voice roles for Secret Life of Pets 2 and Sing 2. Mallrats was produced on a budget of $6.1 million and pulled in only $2.1 million at the box office. Uh, basically, the movie takes place over the course of a day at, <laughs> obviously, a mall involving several characters that are involved in issues with their significant others, dealing with bullying store owners. One of them is trying to meet Stan Lee. The other one is trying... It, it's, it takes place over the course of a day. It's it's a good movie. I, I enjoy part of it. So I, More part. I, I'll get to that later. It is, of course, set in the view of Ski Universe, and chronologically is, while it was the second film Kevin Smith made, it actually takes place before Clerks. It was considered a box office failure. It suffered from middling to poor reviews. However, it has since obtained a rather large cult following and has become a cult classic film. It has three different versions that have been released, which contain as many as 100 differences between said versions. And I'll explain a few of them towards the end. All right, on to the cast. Uh, Renee Mosier, who plays the girlfriend of one of the other characters, is played by Shannon Doherty. Now, Shannon Doherty has... Been in a few films like Heather's, Nowhere, and Fortress. However, she's without question best known for her television career. She was the character of Jenny Wilder on Little House on the Prairie. 
season nine, as well as multiple made-for-TV films. Uh, she was in the TV series Our House as Chris Witherspoon. Beverly Hills 90210, as well as the uh, 2019 re-up BH90210 as Brenda Walsh. But she's probably best known between Beverly Hills and her role in Charmed, where she played Prue Hallowell for three years. The character of T.S. Quint was played by Jeremy London. Jeremy London also is mostly done made-for-TV films, but television-wise, he's known for I'll Fly Away, Route 66, Party of Five, and Seventh Heaven. However, he did appear in a film that I actually am rather fond of, Journey to the Center of the Earth with Treat Williams. It took uh, it was a long, it was a multiple part, one of those made for TV multi part release movies, and I greatly enjoyed that movie. And one day I will actually talk about that movie. Character of Brody Bruce was played by Jason Lee. Now Jason Lee has done many Kevin Smith films. Most of these actors that I'm going to list off have acting credits that include Kevin Smith roles. So unless otherwise noted, just assume these actors have worked with Kevin Smith either before or since. But Jason Lee was in uh, Enemy of the State, Almost Famous, <clears throat> Heartbreakers, Vanilla Sky, Stealing Harvard, A Guy Thing, Underdog, and he has played the role of Dave Seville in the Alvin of the Chipmunks live-action films. <coughs> However, he's probably, I say probably, let's go ahead and remove that. He's not question best known for his role as Earl Hickey in My Name is Earl. Character of Brandy Svenning, which is the girlfriend of... T.S. Quint. Now, the character Renee Mosier is the girlfriend of Brody Bruce, but the, the girlfriend of T.S. Quint is played by Claire Forlani. Now, Claire Forlani, has, her first film role was in Police Academy Mission to Moscow. However, she has since appeared in The Rock, Basquiat, uh, Meet Joe Black, Mystery Men, In the Name of the King, Five Feet Apart, and most recently in television on the shows CSI New York and NCIS Los Angeles. Character Shannon Hamilton, who is the manager of Fashionable Mail, is played by Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's done a lot. He's won multiple Academy Awards, Golden Globes. He's he, he's done a lot. He was in School Ties, Armageddon, Boiler Room, Pearl Harbor, Changing Lanes, which I actually really enjoyed that film. Some of All Fears, Daredevil, where he played Matt Murdock in the 2003. If you ever watch that film, I implore you to watch the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. It's a much more coherent, better movie. He's also done The Town, Argo, and Last Duel, and appeared in the DCEU as Bruce Wayne Batman, <clears throat> arguably the best Batman we've gotten other than Michael Keaton. Character Gwen Turner was played by Joey Lauren Adams. Now, Joey Lauren Adams has been in, again, a lot of Kevin Smith films, but Coneheads, Biodome, Michael, Big Daddy, Beautiful, Harvard Man, Dr. Doolittle 2, where she provided voice, but... Her biggest film role that she's gotten to date was in the lead role in Chasing Amy, which was a Kevin Smith film. Ben Affleck was also in that. The character Trisha Jones is played by Renee Humphrey. Now, Renee Humphrey has been in Fun, French Kiss, Drawing Flies, and Hard Luck. The character of Willem Black, who is played by Scott Mosier in Clerks, but was recast for this because the, the casting directors enjoyed his uh, audition as much as they did. It's played by Ethan Suppley. Ethan Suppley, of course, has been in American History X, which is an absolutely fantastic movie, but it can be a little uncomfortable to get through at times. Vulgar, Road Trip, he was in Remember the Titans, John Q, Cold Mountain, Without a Paddle, The Wolf of Wall Street. But he also is probably best known outside of Remember the Titans for his role as Randy in My Name is Earl. 
The fortune teller, Miss Ivano, is played by Priscilla Barnes. Now, Priscilla Barnes has been in Tintorera, Trax, License to Kill, Mumford, and The Devil's Rejects. However, she's best known for her role as Terry on the original series Three's Company, and has since also gone on to appear in Jane the Virgin as Magda. Finally, the character Jared Svenning, which is Brandy's father and runs the dating game competition that we see in the film, was played by the great Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, of course, uh, has appeared in an, his first film role was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which if you've never seen that film, it is an absolute must if you are a fan of horror and character studies especially. But he's also appeared in Eight Men Out, Days of Thunder, JFK, Cliffhanger, Tombstone, The Replacement Killers, The Sixth Day, Undisputed, Slither, and he's probably most recently best known for his role in the MCU as Yondu in the Guardians of the Galaxy films, as well as Merle Dixon in The Walking Dead. He's also a frequent collaborator with uh, James Gunn, having appeared in all five of James Gunn's theatrical films. You're probably wondering why I haven't mentioned a couple of names. Uh, plain and simple, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith appear as Jay and Silent Bob. You know exactly who they are and what they've been in. Uh, the amount of things that Jason Mewes has been in where he did not play Jay is pretty small. Like, it's maybe one or two things. Whereas Kevin Smith has appeared in quite a few other films. But I have a very interesting relationship with my thoughts on Kevin Smith. Um, I don't believe he is this master and commander of comic book lore that some of today seems to label him as. Um, he's, of course, he is knowledgeable about certain things, but there are other things that he's just, he's not the end-all be-all, and many, many fans treat him as such. I don't agree with that. I also do not like the fact that he took the character name Jack Kirby in the 2003 Daredevil film. I am a giant Jack Kirby fan. I have multiple Jack Kirby creations tattooed on my body. I was a little less than thrilled by that. However, this is not a Kevin Smith podcast, so I will move on from there. The great Stan Lee has a cameo as himself. Scott Mosier appears as Mr. Stenning's assistant, uh, Roddy. Frequent Smith collaborator, Brian Johnson, has a minor role. And Brian O'Halloran, who is in Clerks, appears as one of the dating game contestants. Finally, Danish strongman and stuntman Sven Thorson who you've probably seen in quite a few things, even if you don't recognize him. He's been in things like Conan, Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Barbarian. He, he, he was the Predator. He was in the first Predator movie. He was one of the Russians that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger kills at the camp. It's, it, it, I digress. He played the security guard, LaForce. Now, I said a minute ago that I would explain a little bit about the View Universe, and I will. I'm not going to go too heavily into detail here because this is not a View Universe podcast. But the View Universe is Kevin Smith's self-contained fictional universe for films. Most of the films that Kevin Smith has made appear within this universe. Many actors will actually end up playing the same roles as well as playing different roles in the same films at times. Um, chronologically speaking, Mallrats takes place the day before the first Clerks film. The first Clerks film takes place about three to five months prior to Dogma, Chasing Amy. Like, he, he, you, there is a very detailed chronological order that you can look up on Wikipedia and online 
for more information about the Viewers Universe, if you so choose. Due to the success of Clerks, Smith and Mosier began work on a second film. James Jacks, who worked with Universal, approached them and offered them financial incentive to make this film. Writing was very soon completed therein, and Kevin Smith based a lot of what you see on some interactions that, and some memories that he had of being in the mall as a teenager in New Jersey, <clears throat> including local access television shows, filming really crappy game shows, and things that matter. To that end, he wanted to film at the Seaview Square Mall in Ocean Township, New Jersey. However, that would have ended up being far too expensive, so Eden Prairie Mall in Eden Prairie, Minnesota was used instead. That's the extent of the production on that. Kevin Smith works pretty quickly when he wants to write things, especially back then when he was 24 years old. Um, Jeremy London was not the finalist for the character of T.S. Quint. Henry Thomas was. He played the little boy in E.T. However, London had impressed with his audition, and because London was relatively unknown compared to him, he'd done a couple of TV movies and whatnot, Jeremy London got the role. Uh, Brody... The finalist for that role was actually down between Adam Sandler and Steve Zahn. Of course, Adam Sandler needs no introduction. Steve Zahn, you've seen him. He's been in things like Strange Wilderness. He was in Saving Silverman. Uh, he played the quote-unquote gay ice dancer that Phoebe was married to in Friends early on. Jason Lee was an entirely unknown at the time. He had had no prior acting experience and was actually a professional skateboarder at the time. However... Kevin Smith likes unknown or lesser known actors because he feels like he can do more with them because they have less, whether it's bad habits or a smaller, or they don't have as big of a head, etc., etc. Uh, most notably, Universal actually did not want Jason Mewes to play Jay, despite the fact that Jay is based on Jason Mewes. He had to audition for the role against Seth Green and Brecken Meyer. However, Smith threatened to not make the film and take the script away should they not allow Jason Mewes to play Jay. So the studio relented on that. Most of the rest of the cast were done through recommendation, uh, prior work with Universal, personal ties to Smith. Um, I believe that Stan Lee accepted it just for something to do, really. And actually, there's a, little, there's a really funny little tie in there. Uh, if you've seen the film... Uh, Captain Marvel, when Claire is, or Carol rather, is on the bus, that is, I believe, Stanley's final cameo in a Marvel film that he made. That or the one he did in uh, Endgame. And Stanley is sitting on a bus reading a script to study his lines for a movie, Mallrats. It's a nice little touch. Kevin Smith is really pretty quick about casting and doing anything he wants. Uh, Filming was done primarily in Minnesota. However, some of it was done on location in New Jersey, like the Quick Stop, which is cut, and you only see that in the extended version. The Quick Stop, of course, being the titular store the clerks work at. Uh, like, for example, in the theatrical cut, Brandy's house was filmed in Los Angeles. However, this was done due to a poor test reaction to the original, where it was filmed in Minnesota, which is still seen in the extended cut. Uh, the Dirt Mall that Brody and Quint go to was also filmed in New Jersey. 
majority of the in-mall filming was actually done at night. That way they could control the environment. It's, it's easier to do that kind of thing. You don't have to worry about people making noise, uh, shoppers. It's, it's far easier to control what's going on that way. However, filming it primarily at night made it a little difficult at times because certain props and inside stores they weren't able to shoot in due to them being closed. They'd have to obtain special permission, have small security, and sometimes even police officers there to ensure that nothing was being broken or done wrong. It was filmed in six weeks, which seems rather quick, but you got to remember this film is primarily dialogue-based. It was not a whole lot of action. Action movies tend to get much longer to film. But most of the scenes were done at least eight to ten times before Kevin Smith would get the, the cuts that he would like. It wrapped fairly quickly. It, it wasn't a difficult process. The, the most difficulty they seemed to have during filming... Uh, was twofold. One, the end sequence involving the dating game took many, many tries to get right. And two, there's a, a scene where Brody and Quint are running from security and they're kind of hiding down at the bottom of a stairwell. The character Gwen notices them, jumps down to surprise them, and Quint turns sharply and accidentally elbows her pretty hard in her chest and she gets angry and she strikes him in the groin. During the production, she actually accidentally made contact hard. And Jeremy London needed well over an hour to recover before they could resume filming. That actually made it into the film, so he can at least relive that every time he sees it. It was released on over 800 screens on October 20th in 1995, and it grossed about $400,000 its opening Friday. For, and its total opening weekend was $1.2 However, it finished with only $2.1 at the box office. Even in just adjusting that for inflation, that's still less than three-quarters of a million for its opening day. This was a financial failure. I stopped just shy of calling it a bomb because it at least recouped a third of its production. Critics absolutely blasted the film. Uh, it received a lot of unfavorable comparisons to Clerks, most notably by Roger Ebert, who felt that Kevin Smith had once made a joke about as long as studios will pay him, he'll make whatever movie they want, and that this is unfortunately seems to be the case. Uh, Kevin Smith would issue an apology in a magazine that he later pointed out was very clearly done in jest. It has since become a cult classic. Like It's a very popular film amongst Kevin Smith fans and amongst indie film fans in general. Uh, the extended cut is over 30 minutes longer and includes such things as T.S. messing up Svenning's reputation. Um, him and his girlfriend are trying to fool around at a masquerade ball that Jared Svenning is trying to put on for the governor. Quint is dressed up as a revolutionary soldier. His musket gets caught in Brandy's hair and accidentally fires at the governor. Um, Many, many lines had to be removed or changed after that was removed from the film because most of the characters who would recognize Quint would say things about, hey, we saw you on CNN, or hey, we saw you this, you, you tried to kill the president, you tried to do this, you tried to do that. Many extended scenes were also in this, including greater dialogue and things like that. 
Most of that was actually changed due to the fact that it received very poor reaction from test audiences. Um, I have seen both versions of the film. I think that it the theatrical cut probably works a little bit better for pacing reasons. But if you're not concerned about that, you just want to watch the film as it was originally intended, the extended cut is just fine. Like It's, it's enjoyable. It really, really is. Um, notably, there are multiple references to the Jaws franchise in this film. Uh, the character of Brody Bruce. Chief Brody and the shark animatronic was called Bruce. T.S. Quint. Of course, Quint is the shark hunter and Kevin Smith has confirmed that T.S. actually stood for the shark. The fact that uh, Quint and Brandy get married in the post credit scene at the Jaws Universal ride, which was actually not filmed uh, in Florida. That was filmed in Hollywood. It is, it's things like that. Um, in 2015, Kevin Smith has confirmed that a sequel was going to be made prior to Clerks 3 being made. Considering Clerks 3 comes out either late this year or early next year, I don't see that happening. Um, there were multiple updates that were done as time went by trying to get it set up and get it figured out uh it eventually morphed from being a movie to being a planned 10 episode television series however by january of 2017 no networks would bite on the project and it it seemed to stall out by january of 2020 however the sequel became back in works uh, Kevin Smith titled it Twilight of the Mall Rats and had finished the first draft of said script. And he also claimed that the original cast would be expected to return. We are now halfway through 2022 and no further information has come out. So I really don't think a sequel to Mall Rats is going to happen. That being said, we got a sequel to Top Gun 35 years later. That is, as of, as of the first two weeks of it being out, uh, is the highest opening gross and, and so far highest gross of Tom Cruise's career, as well as being widely critically lauded for being a good film. So, I mean, who knows? You know, time is no longer as much of an issue when it comes to sequels. And if it ends up coming out in 2025, it will come out 30 years after the original. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Personally, like, like I said, I, I enjoy the film. I really do. Um, I'm not the biggest Kevin Smith fan in the world. In fact, I'll go so far as to argue that the only Kevin Smith movies I really enjoy are Dogma, the Mallrats, Clerks 2, and Chasing Amy. I actually really enjoy the film Chasing Amy. But other than that, I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan. I can usually take or leave, usually leave most of his other films. Um, that being said, if you like this kind of stuff, if you like irreverent comedy, dialogue, like, it, it, you'll enjoy Mallrats if you haven't already seen it. Um, that's pretty much all I got on Mallrats. I know this is not a very long episode. I just kind of want to explain my absence over the last almost month. Uh, I, I mentioned before that I was not going to end up releasing an episode back on May 22nd because that following day we were flying out to Utah myself and my family because I had not been home in well over 10 years 
And when I came back from that, the problem with coming back from an environment where you're about 5,000 feet above sea level with no pollen and no humidity is when you return to that, it'll royally mess up your sinuses. I could, I could barely talk for several days after we got back. And I did not feel great about trying to record an episode where I would have had to talk like this, like, like this is what you would have heard. You know what I mean? It, it just, it wouldn't have been as good. And I don't even know if you heard that. Um, shortly after that, I started feeling better. And I'm like, okay, I can start planning out a new episode. Daughter comes home. We end up losing track of things. I'm not able to write another episode. I'm not able to get another one ready to go. Then last week. I'm like, okay, I can start doing this again and get ready to go. I completely spaced on the fact that my wife had gotten tickets to go to New Orleans to see a concert. And that she and two of her friends were going and their husbands were going with them. So I was going with them as well so that we could all enjoy a weekend in New Orleans. We got back Sunday at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So... Was not able to work that out. However, I was able to appear on an episode of Kaiju Carnage that came out the day after we got back on a Monday where myself, Cal the Kaiju Guy, and our friend Ian, who has been on both of our shows, uh, discussed the 1933 King Kong film. That was an absolute blast. I implore you to go check that one out. Also, immediately prior to going to New Orleans, I went over to my friend Caleb's house, of course, of Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema, and we recorded an episode on the 1985 Jackie Chan film, The Protector, which was Jackie Chan's second attempt at breaking into an American audience. And I also had a tremendous amount of fun on that episode as well. So by all means, go look that episode up. Look both episodes up. They were, they were a lot of fun. So, But that's pretty much all I got for this week. Next week, I am finally doing the episode on Life of Pi. It is going to happen. I have already started my notes on that. I started them this morning before I sat down to record this. So, if you have stuck with me through this brief absence, hiatus, whatever you want to call it, I really appreciate it. I am sorry that it took some time for me to get this new one out. Unfortunately, life can sometimes interfere. But, here nor there... I always enjoy doing this. I always enjoy researching films, and I always enjoy watching films. So I'm, I'm never going to not do this, even if I have plans on switching up things here and there. So, again, thank you so much for whatever support you have given me and continue to give me. I really appreciate it. This was Mallrats. Next week will be Life of Pi. I hope you guys tune in then. I hope to see you guys then. Until then, I am Kid Kong. I will see you at the movies. And because this episode drops on the day itself, I hope any and all fathers have a pleasant Father's Day, because I know I will. See you next week.